just a note or a friendly reminder before we get started today. It is never my heart to trigger or bring up topics that would be heavy or hard for you to hear. However, these are real life stories that sometimes can get really messy. So listen with caution, but I hope that you are inspired and encouraged to know that you are not alone and that your story matters. Here we go. On today's episode, meet Lena Sabula, a wife and a mother of three beautiful children, an author of a spiritual autobiography called Miraculous. She's a drug addiction and human trafficking survivor. She was raped numerous times and had a baby at the age of 14. And that poor little one died at three months later from health complications. Today, she's a Christian social justice advocate, blogger, speaker, and host of Love and Beloved podcast. Her mission is to encourage, inspire, and give hope that there is a chance to have love, joy, peace, and wholeness again, even after everything you've seen and done. Welcome back to Keeping It Real with Amber. I'm your host, Amber McCutcheon. And on today's episode, I want to introduce you to a new friend, Lena Sabula from Love and Be Loved. I cannot wait to hear her story. I got just a glimpse of it as we were connected, but I really, this will be the first time I'm hearing it along with you today. So Lena, welcome to the show. I cannot wait. You can start wherever you want because around here, we just like have conversation. So it's up to you, girl. That's awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Amber. Well, I'm Lina Sibula. I'm wife and the mother of three beautiful children. And I'm social justice advocate. I'm author and host of Love and Love podcast. But I am a drug addiction and human trafficking survivor. And um, I wrote my spiritual autobiography called Miraculous, My Journey from Hell to Heaven. And now I'm sharing my story publicly with the world. And honestly, um, I would have never imagined that after 20 years of silence, um, right. I would be standing on stage in front of hundreds of people and that my story would will be broadcasted all over social media. Yes. Because in the past, I thought it was a story of guilt, shame and condemnation. But mm-hmm. now I know it's God's story of salvation. So I absolutely wanna... using those very things that were meant to destroy our life, now being bringing good out of them and using them for His glory. Like Romans eight twenty eight is my favorite verse, and that's what I'm listening to as you share your story, just beginning to. So I can't wait to hear more. Okay. How did you? Um, how long ago was it that you came out of trafficking? Well, it's probably was. Um around 2005 okay yeah, since 2005 but I like to share my story so you guys could um really understand where I'm coming from absolutely you don't mind um so I was born and raised in Ukraine and my parents struggle in their marriage so they became an alcoholics and lost uh, well-paid jobs and um, and our house, uh, government turned off electricity and hot waters for uh, water for outstanding bills. And um, I was hungry all the time. I was literally starving. So my home was 
infested with mold, cockroaches, and mice. And we really struggle in poverty trying to survive. So I was raised in a home full of strangers who brought booze and drugs with parents who did nothing to protect me. So I became an easy target for those guys. And um, I was drugged and raped in the basement of my own apartment numerous times. So when I thought things couldn't get any worse, one month before my 15th birthday, I woke up with this severe abdominal pain and scary and confused only to realize I was in labor. And yeah, and the worst part, I didn't know I was pregnant and I didn't know who her father was. Um, My baby girl died three months later from health complications and I buried her when I was 15 and I suffered with depression, anxiety, and panic attacks. So I started using alcohol and drugs to medicate my pain. And later on, I turned to heroin because it was better to be high than feeling worthless, hopeless, abandoned, and broken. And as the years went by, I saw people dying around me or who went to jail. So desperate in despair, I was looking for a change. And oh my goodness, guys, I met this lady. She looked like a celebrity. She brought me to her house, offered me fancy coffee and sweets. I was so impressed because she was so wonderful and kind. And it felt like awesome and safe. And um, she told me that she would be able to um, find me a job. No specifics, really, just a job. And of course, without much thought, I um, agree because I was so eager to escape and it sounds like an awesome opportunity. So her team went to work. They cleaned me up, dressed me up. So still on heavy drugs. I vaguely remember an report and how I got through customs. I'll never know. I just one morning woke up here in Muslim, called to prayer. Allahu Akbar, ran out. So I was scared and confused because I knew that I'm in a foreign country. So that's that nice lady sold me into human trafficking. So I find out um, I was in Cairo, Egypt, um, and I was forced to crawl under the barbed wire, crossing the border illegally into the Israel where they sold me in the, into brothel. So. I was bought by the family business and learned that it's very important what brothel you end up in because most of the girls who came with me, they died mm-hmm. or went missing or never seen again. Right. So um, honestly, you think like that's a terrible situation, but compared to what's going on with me at home, it was a great for me because I was clean, fed, made money, and nobody could rape me or beat me to death. So the best part, though, in the brothel, my bodyguard shared the good news of God's love with me. Mm-hmm. And when my grandpa had a heart attack, we went to Jerusalem to pray at the Valen Wall, uh, where God answered my prayer. And honestly, um, I knew people like me do not deserve mercy. I was um, so overcome with the sense of guilt and shame, uh, but God showed up and honestly, he heard my prayer and it, he just miraculously healed my grandpa. 
So, yeah. And so that's planted the seed in my heart. And yeah. honestly, guys, in most cases, you will never leave this kind of situa situation alive unless you have been rescued by the grace of God almost two years later. They set me free and I was allowed to go back to Ukraine. So I actually thought I'm going to start a new life because I had some money saved up. But one of my trusted bodyguard um, cheated me out of all of my possession. And my aunt, who I sent money to, stole and spent all my money. So I was mm -hmm. back to square one. I was so furious and over that time, the drugs swallow my city. So I became very easy at the right hand of the number one drug dealer in my city. And I had unlimited amount of drugs and money and influence because I thought that will give me a work and value and peace. Yes. But it was not safe because I could die of overdose or being in jail or even being murdered so I decided to quit heroin by myself second time but I didn't know what else to do so I actually sold myself again into sex trade because that's all I knew and my body right. was a commodity and I just said take me away from here yeah. and they brought me to Canada but in Canada, I have a great opportunity to start a new life. And of course, I took it. I lived in shelter, learned English from level zero, and then apply and finish cosmetology course and became a hairstylist. And nice. that's when I met my husband. And that's where my life changed. That is awesome. So now you get to help others feel beautiful um, and listen to their stories. I love part of a being a beautician is you get you really get the inside of other people's lives as well. And you can be real and have raw conversations in those chairs. And so now you're utilizing this gift to really come alongside others and speak life and joy and peace, um, which is perfect. I love how God redeems and repurposes. You know, we all long to be loved and we all long to be wanted. And, you know, when we're introduced to ideas of that, our bodies are commodities, especially at an early age, um, it's hard to have boundaries when you haven't ever known any boundaries, you know, and I think that others looking in, you know, I work with um, others who have come out of sex trafficking and, and the mindset behind that. And, you know, one girl that I work with, she's like, it was she knew what was expected of her, you know, and it, and she had food that way. She had a roof over her head that way. And that's a common thing that like, okay, I knew what I had to do, but I also knew that my basic needs were going to be taken care of in that. <clears throat> and so that's a common mindset among others who have been trafficked as well. Um, when did you write your book? I can't wait to get my hands on a book because it's, I just listening to your story here. I know there's got to be so much more in your book. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. Actually, in 2011, at Alpha Course, I gave my life to Christ. And I felt like grace and forgiveness and his love just filled my body. So while I was working as a hairstylist, he put it on my heart to write a book about miracles of God in my life. And in August 2019, the book was published very interesting though a year before the book was published and I wrote that book for like probably like three years um, mm -hmm. I had no deadline I call it my therapy with God 
he took mm-hmm. me back but he didn't take me back when i was a baby christian i was already solid yes. mature christian and um it was amazing experience because i thought it's book this book gonna be helping others and i hope and pray it's gonna help you guys to see god's mm-hmm. grace and that um um salvation it's free gift for everyone but at that time i didn't want to go to my past i didn't want to share my past i hid that past for 20 years i thought it's gonna be painful but it was an amazing experience to look into my past from a new perspective while mm-hmm. while i'm um, forgiven redeemed i'm a mother and a wife it was such a beautiful confirmation of god's faithfulness and before that book it always was my life before christ and my life after christ and then i realized first time i prayed i was six years old then i prayed so many times not to die like a road killed from like yeah. drug overdose and stuff and god show up there then i pray at the valiant wall from the brothel i came from the brothel to the holy right. ground and he answered my prayer so it was so amazing to actually see that i cry so much but there was no pain it was so much right. gratitude for today for who i am i love my life oh my goodness i have like goosebumps i love yes. my life i love who i am i love how God using me for my family, for the world, for community. It's honestly nothing else I would um, ever do. So a year before the book was published, God spoke to me, saying to me when I opened actually my hair salon that I was dreaming for like 12 years about. On the second year of owning my business, God said, this is not the work you should be doing. So, and of course, as a mature Christian and obedient yep. child of God, I closed my business and yep. I follow God's plan yes. for me. Yes. When it right? makes no sense, it makes sense in the kingdom. No, you know, like, that's not what happened. Oh. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Oh my this goodness. My dream. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a human nature. I'm like, it is. It is. God. Mm-hmm. We work like we work so hard for this. Are you sure? Yes. And honestly, I kid you not. Like I, when I doubted, and I knew, like in my heart, if you guys mm-hmm. Christian and you know the story about Jonah and the whale, that yep. was me. like literally. Yep. I knew hundred percent because, um, yeah, I was. I haven't enough experience with God's voice to know that He leading me somewhere else. But I was holding on on my dream for myself and my life. And it was beautiful. And it's uh, Salon made money. I love the people. I love the sharing my story and hearing their story. I love to pray yeah. for them. It was like, I thought it was my ministry and I loved it. Right. So yeah, after he took anointing away from me and my business, mm-hmm. it took me a year. Like, oh my gosh, guys, like if like you think, desperate and in despair i was right. like before that if if you don't follow god's lead mm, when he right said no, that's it like you cannot stay there because right. he just allowed things happen and that's what happened to my salon um actually salon was thriving but my children was bullied i have so much anxiety it was so much darkness like so mm-hmm. literally i decided to sell my house run away somewhere in the middle of nowhere it's it was it was so tough 
And thanks God, God closed all the doors so I cannot run away, but the salon got closed. And I kid you not, like, I don't know if you can see me, the peace beyond all understanding, like just calm down. Like it -hmm. took me six months to open the business, took me two emails, close it. And I felt like, okay, honestly, what's cool about God, he didn't punish me for disobedience because he literally... I, I felt like he looked at me like, you know, if you guys have toddlers and you see, and yes. they're like, I'll do it myself, I'll do it myself. And they're running mm-hmm. around and they're hurting themselves and, they, and they're panicking, they're screaming, they still don't want to help. And uh, it's funny though, because for a whole year, I pray to God. I'm like, help me, please help me. Uh-huh. And he said, well, this is not the work you should be doing. And right. I'm like, okay. And I'm still was continuing. Right you know exactly like this toddler and the most amazing part that happened when I closed my business I felt his grace again I felt his presence like so strong and he just loved on me so I'm so grateful that he gave me that experience because he's just faithfulness that's what he said you are my children and it's so awesome that um my salon closed and then literally like what six months later my book got published and I become a public speaker and author and guess what and year after I closed my business the pandemic hit mm. so literally like my salon took care of everything ahead of time isn't that like, funny make provision yes oh absolutely. he loves love the details it. So now uh, over the pandemic, I was selling my book online, sharing the gospel with the world. I actually been invited through online conferences. I was polishing my story as well. And then he provide time and resources because there was no business. Right. I actually um, enroll in a coaching, coaching program with the speaker coach, like well-known Christian speaking coach, mm-hmm. which is like amazing. So she helped me and with the portfolio and, and with my story. And mm-hmm. she taught me like so many different things that like, honestly, you have to go to university for it, but right. um, God been like so, so good. So he guided me through that. And in 2020, he got, um, guided me to, um, podcast coach so he taught me how to do everything there as well so now I'm all about social media sharing my story sharing other people's stories and honestly I'm so grateful he allowed me to have my dreams teeny tiny whiny dreams for my life to see Mm -hmm. his dreams for me that honestly every morning I'm waking up like with this cheesy smile on my face I'm like I love this I love this I yes. edit my podcast. I love this. I love this. And I feel so exhilarating meeting with the people like you who uh, empower and encourage others as well with your platform and sharing my story because I want you guys to hear that no matter what you went through, like honestly, God is there for you. Like he is there for you now. You don't have to yes. be perfect to be loved by this perfect God. So absolutely. No matter what you've done or what's been done to you, that doesn't change that he loves you unconditionally. And I think that when so many of our relationships have most definitely have had that conditional love, mm. it was whether or not you're being good or bad and, and things like that. And that's not how our heavenly father is at all. Um, and when we can really wrap our hearts and our heads around that and we receive it, not because, and I think we struggle 
as women who have been used, um, we struggle with worthlessness, our damaged goods, our, you know, feeling not good enough. Um, and it's those things that he just, he helps heal. You know, our value doesn't come from anything that we do, except for accepting to be a, in a relationship with him and then being defined by that. You know, we are chosen, we are his, we are priceless, you know, and we are loved. Um, all of those different things that others are, they want to say, but that's not for me, you know? And so when you have other ladies who, who say that to you, but like, okay, well, that's good for you, Lena, but mm, I'm not so sure that's for me. How do you respond to them? Read my book. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, it doesn't matter if you're Christian or not Christian. I do believe my story, just testimony to God's faithfulness. And honestly, like if you read my book and you know more about me, you can have that thinking because that's how we judging people as well. Like, because we're human beings, if you're going to think like, if he forgive me, he can forgive me and trust me because honestly, it's just miraculous. But it's so awesome that you say about the worth and value because that's what I was chasing. Worth and value, I always was looking into it. And uh, I thought um, here in Canada, especially when I got my new life, I thought that's how I can get it um, like normal life, worth, value and peace and joy and love by um, achieving. So I literally, I went to this crazy achieve mode to learn I got like medals and trophies. Then I got a husband, beautiful child. My home was amazing. Everything. I literally got everything I ever dream about it. And guys, I live in hell. I kid Mm -hmm. you not, because for the first time in my life, I wasn't on drugs. I was clean because of my family and my my child that time. But honestly, I hit with the postpartum depression that I never been diagnosed my husband was a workaholic because he was um, very responsible for me and my child. And um, I was at home alone. I didn't speak English that well. Uh, honestly, I was falling apart and there was like no no support. And they all haunted me. Literally, like he promised me uh, that my child gonna die the same as my first child died I literally was reliving these nightmares yes um, I couldn't sleep I couldn't eat I didn't help have help like and I have I heard those like like literally I felt like an imposter I heard these voices in my head saying who do you think you are to be mm-hmm. mother who do you think you are to be wife who do you yep. think you are? And like, literally I have a goosebumps and I felt yep. it because I remember carrying the casket to the cemetery in my arms and it's haunted me. It was so terrible that I have anxieties, panic attacks, and I end up in the hospital. I was like 20, like three year old, 25 year old, like up to probably 27 year old. Mm-hmm. I was literally in a hospital with the panic attacks because I thought I'm having a heart attack and I always thought it's for older people or something like that because I couldn't even understand that my turmoil in my brain can can put my body in a state that my heart have palpitation that I have to go to emergency to take care of it so when I give my life to Christ honestly one thing um helping like my my husband's family was christian 
and one understanding I got from God. And I literally, I think that's what made me literally run to his arms. It's um, my husband said, you know what? You don't, you're not that powerful. You're not in charge of life and death. You know, God give us this precious gift. You do what you can do and he will take care of the rest and it's not on you. And it's literally freeing me because I thought if my baby die, he will kick me out. He's going to blame me for it because I'm useless mother. And then I'm going to be on drugs again and dying on the street. So all that stuff. All those fears that you're talking about, all those fears that wanted to taunt you. Oh, it was terrible. One of the things, because we haven't talked before, Lena, you know, whenever I, I call it hitting my wall in 2010, um, my dad had molested me growing up and I had just never healed from that. And so that's part of my story. And like I said, we haven't ever talked prior to today, so you're not familiar with my story so much, but in 2010, when I finally started realizing that what I was doing in life wasn't working for me anymore, you know, just going through the motions of life and really wearing that mask and pretending everything was fine, where on the inside, I was miserable and I was broken you know, um, God brought me to a point in an understanding in his word where, um, I had kind of blamed God, not kind of, I blamed God for the things that I had went through because well-meaning even Christians would say to me, well, God will never put more on you than what you can handle. And it doesn't say that anywhere in God's word. In fact, it says that in, in my weakness, he is my strength. And so it's okay for me to be weak but that's not how I cope with life. I was an overachiever who always had to do more, do more because I was looking to be accepted. I was looking to be loved. And in all of that, you know, um, he brought me to John 10, 10, where it says the thief comes to still kill and destroy. And as you were talking about, you know, your experiences as a mom, you know, from when you were 15 to having your other, your other child, you know, I remember being tormented as well as a mom, like thinking that, am I going to be the monster that my dad was, you know, having those fears that the enemy wanted to not only steal my past, but also my present. He wanted to take my joy and the peace that I had experienced through avenues that he knew was more tender for us. You know, motherhood is one of those tender spots that like, there's a whole lot of other things we could let slide off our backs, so to speak, that we could um, not even like get to us. But when you come to a mother through her child, through those spheres, it gets our attention. Um, And so in that aspect, you know, Um, It goes on to say, though, in John 10, 10, but I have come and this is Christ talking to us, but I have come so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. And when you are talking about that big old cheesy smile, you know, the abundance of peace, the abundance of joy, the abundance of love in our life and others are like, I want that. And we think people have made it or perceived to be that it's, it's unattainable and it's not. If it's for you and if it's for me, it's for everybody. It doesn't matter what our pasts have been, what our presence are, where we're at right now, if we're on drugs, if we're not on drugs or whatever else. Like Christ, all throughout his word, he meets people right where they're at. He doesn't wait for them to clean up and come. Like, no, that's not his character at all. He says, you know, I meet you right where you're at. He's waiting for us to say yes. He's a God of consent. And that's important, I think, for a lot of um, women and men, both who maybe have been betrayed um, in other relationships. They're like, God is not like that. He's not going to be forceful and he's not going to take things we're not, he doesn't, we're not asking him to take. And so I love when um, like-minded women of God and 
and people of God, children of God can get together and really bring truth and light into very dark situations. You know, the things that you went through that didn't define you, you know, that doesn't, that's not your identity, you know, um, it's part of your story which in turn is part of God's story because he's all woven into the story most definitely. So we will include um, in the show notes, if you're wondering how to get Lena's uh, book, we'll most definitely have that in the show notes for you to do that. But I know um, Lena, we always want to kind of end with the call to action. So when others are thinking, well, that's great for Amber. That's great for Lena, you know, look at their story, but what's something that others can do? Like how can they make a difference right there where they're at? Well, honestly, guys, if you've been burned out by religion, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. God is not religion. God true, is absolutely religion. true. It's not the people who try to force, like Amber said, no, he's a very gentle. So honestly, if you have experience and, and it was negative experience, give it another chance. If you didn't have experience, it's so simple. Honestly, Google prayer of salvation or find trusted friend or go to church. Honestly, nobody going to judge you if you say, you know what? I want to know more. Uh, somebody going to give you a Bible or somebody going to invite you for a talk. It's honestly, it's um, first of all, it's not judgmental. But second of all, like what else you have to lose if you try everything? And this is, um honestly stirring in your heart this our conversation you know and you think maybe just maybe because I see these two women with really broken terrible yes. past talking about this love joy hope excitement mm -hmm. you know purpose and passion yes honestly if you want that and you try everything else what do you have to lose read that prayer Think about it and look further, you know, because like Amber said, you're not going to force, but you have to make the decision to know more. There's another, even like before prayer of salvation, there is another amazing resource called Alpha Course. That's where I give my life to Christ. And now it's online. You can Google and see those videos. And um, and they're, they're asking this um answering this amazing question that you might be asking why am i here why jesus why have relationship with christ what is gonna do for me where is that heaven what is the hell you know and doesn't matter if you have experience or not experience just you know what just come without expectations just come and honestly just call on god just call him when we are baby christians we can do that god yes. if you are there absolutely i need you to show me yourself do something miraculous tomorrow i want to wake up with this lighter heart and i gonna know that you're here and you know what sometimes maybe he's not gonna change this situation that you are in but he can bring the people, he can give yeah. you peace, he can open the door, he can give you opportunities. Honestly, like he is there. You just need to call on him first and give that permission, like Amber said, you know? So honestly, you're so loved and I just want you to make that decision. And honestly, like if you need help, like call me. I will encourage you and support you and in any way 
possible but there's people who gonna help you love you you are not alone trust me lena let's do that link to the alpha course as well in the show notes so that makes it really easy for people you know we want it to be something that's not difficult because it's really not difficult so anything that we can do along the help the way are there any shout outs you want to give to any organizations that you love to support yes absolutely being trafficked uh, can cause severe trauma and survivors often need um, intensive specialized services and support to rebuild their lives. So that's why I partner up with Fight for Freedom. They provide survivor care programs, counseling, therapy, housing support, and life skills building, so important, as well as they raising awareness on human trafficking through community outreach programs. So if you guys thinking like, um, what can I do to help Absolutely. to stop uh, human trafficking? Um, you can partner up with the organization that already on the ground. If you want to know yes. more about Fight for Freedom, we can put that link in the show notes as well. And you can do fundraising, volunteer, advocate, hold uh, events to raise awareness. You can buy code the products and companies that permit human trafficking. You can help survivors. And the most important one, stay in form. Yes, absolutely. I think the biggest thing is also, it's easy, I think, for others to turn the other cheek because they think that they're not affected by that. And you and I both know the reality behind the scenes. I know statistics say that one in three women, but also one in six men have experienced some kind of sexual trauma by the time we're 18. Mm -hmm. And that's not just US, that's, you know, we're covering around. And so, you know, sex trafficking, abuse, molestation, all of these things, there are people all around you, no matter where you are at, no matter where your community is at, no matter where you're at in the world, there's people all around. You just don't know their stories. Um, they don't often come out and just say it to you outright, but there are people there. So be a safe person um, that others can trust that you don't have to have all the resources and you don't have to have it all figured out. But if you are an honorable person that is willing to help somebody else navigate their healing journey, that's right there, a huge asset to so many people. It's something you can practically do. But like Lena said, support organizations that are already the hands and feet on the ground. Um, a fight for freedom. I also think of here in the United States, Operation Underground Railroad with Tim Ballard is another one that's internationally known as well. And so we, we can help hook you up with others who want to um, partner with you. And in that partnership, you're making an impact and a difference for those who are still in very desperate situations, like Lena was talking about earlier. She was desperate when those things were going on. It's what she knew on how to survive. And this story is not necessarily unique to Lena, but there's still so many out there who are surviving life um, that need our help. And so this is a practical do something. Lena, is there anything else you want to close with before we get done today? Well, actually... I love this um, quote by Marianne Williamson, if you're okay with me to share. Absolutely, girl. Because honestly, I put that quote like a few years in the frame on my shelf. And when I did my coaching, uh, she said, you should finish with some like awesome quote. And she gave yeah. me this quote. And honestly, I'm like, thank you, God, because honestly, yes. this is, was the same quote. And I, and I thought you guys like, when I have that to encourage yeah. you as well. So this is the quote. 
and you might be hurt about it but just take it accept it and go with it so our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure we ask ourselves who am i to be brilliant gorgeous talented fabulous actually who are you not to be we are born to be we are born to make manifest the glory of god that is within us and as we let our own light shine we give other people permission to do the same and my light shines bright these days now it's time for you to shine yours upon the world too absolutely that is beautiful i love it and with that i just want to thank you lena for taking time to um be a guest on keeping it real with amber i loved hearing your story and the way that god has redeemed you but also using you and the very things that were meant to destroy your life um, for now good and for his glory it's a testimony of him um, and it's not really about it is about you but really people ask sometimes like how can you go out and do this and isn't it painful but it's no longer because it's all about christ and it is his story manifested through you so lena i just want to um, pray blessings over you and your family and just ask for doors to be continued to be open to you giving opportunity to bring light into some very dark situations Thank you so much. It was absolute pleasure. I hope you have been encouraged by Lena's story today and that you know how important your own story is. If you'd like to leave a voice message for myself, Amber, go to anchor.fm backslash keeping it real with Amber, and you could potentially be featured on an upcoming episode.